The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, well, welcome to State of the Nation. It's good to be back with you again. I'm Steve Hook. We're doing the live broadcast from Central Jersey Shore. There's my friend Brian McLean, a.k.a. Hesher. He is in Central Texas. Uh, hello, Hesher, and it's good to see you, my friend. How are you, brother? Hey, it's a beautiful day out here in Texas. You know, we've been on a cold streak, and the sun is out, and it's lovely out here. Uh, but I'm looking through the news feeds. You know, I look through the window, it's beautiful. Then I look into the other window, the black mirror here, and it is a strange <laughs> house of mirrors. Uh, sometimes oh. a horror show, sometimes a clown show. I'm not sure what to call the news feeds I'm looking at today, Steve, but I'm happy to be here with you to break them down. Yeah, well, we got a lot to break down, that's for sure, because in a short 24 hours, and as always the case, a lot is happening um and we've got a lot to get to today some great guests on on the bill today before we get to any of them though i want to talk to you about this uh did you hear what's going on with um jim jordan is releasing some uh some very interesting memoranda between banks and the fbi and whatnot and this story i knew would interest you it shocks me fincen which is the u.s treasury department's financial crime unit uh is uh going through banks and telling them to look for private transactions of their customers using terms like MAGA and Trump following the events of January 6, 2021. So they're they're widening their net on who they're going after. This is if I if I told you this was the United States of America 5 years ago, you wouldn't believe me. But here we are. House Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan leveled the accusation in a letter to former FinCEN director Noah Bischoff in what the lawmaker described as pervasive financial surveillance carried out at the request of law enforcement that raises doubts about the Treasury's respect for fundamental civil liberties. Gee, you think? Uh, Mr. Jordan said in the letter that two uh, committees are in possession of these documents, indicating that FinCEN sent out materials to banks on behalf of law enforcement that outlined so-called typologies and persons of interest in the wake of the January 6th Capitol breach. The materials that FinCEN sent out to banks and their financial institutions aim to identify transactions on behalf of the FBI. And what do you think they're looking for? The materials included a document recommending a search uh, for uh, items, as I mentioned, such as MAGA. Uh, also for Trump, if you see Trump in any of these, start looking at them. According to the, the analysis, FinCEN warned financial institutions of extremist indicators that included transportation charges such as bus tickets rental cars plane tickets or travel to areas for no apparent purpose the purchase of books including religious texts like the bible and subscriptions to other media containing extremist views so here you go in other words this is jordan speaking in other words fincen urged large financial institutions to comb through private transactions of their customers for suspicious charges on the basis of protected political or religious expression, we all what we also found flagged were whether or not you had bought a purchased a Bible or shopped at Cabela's or Pro Bass shops. Can you believe this? I mean, like I said, five years ago, I would have never believed this. I would have said this is 
right out of a John LeClaire novel. This is not real. And yet here we are, Ash. Uh, I know you've got an, uh, an opinion on this. Uh, yeah, this is about big data, I would argue, Steve. This is this is uh, an enormous phishing operation by a weaponized federal agency yet again. And when they're talking about typologies, what is that? This is some sort of global ease for you're being put on a list. You're the type of person that gets put on a government list. And, and what is, like, how do you even do this? Does this, who does this affect? You know, there's all kinds of people that make their own MAGA products, right? You've got people doing affiliate marketing on websites, on media. Um, are every single one of those being put on lists because they're the type of person that might make them make a little bit of money or have a little bit of fun uh, with, with the MAGA concept? I mean, it's, it's uh, and, and, you know, that part about Cabela's and ProBass, that's not surprising to me. That just means they're also tagging up people that are buying firearms and firearms accessories. Um, and then they got to go and throw the Bible in there and use the yeah. word extremist. This is the, exactly the kind of inflammatory language that, you know, when it gets put out, the, the government and the media, even, even Jim knows that this is going to really just incentivize and further the polarizing of everybody because anybody with any sort of religious views is like wait a minute what uh my fellow religious people are being called extremists right now uh this this you know so this is a bad trajectory and it feels almost like yet another case of ritual humiliation of anyone that has any sort of traditional thoughts about what this country is and you know i would just say i would just add to that that the defense you're going to get from the FBI and the powers that be in the DOJ and all the other three-letter agencies that are doing this kind of crap is, look, we're just giving banks, you know, some stuff to look for in case they're concerned, blah, 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 blah. What they're really doing is they're strong-arming these banks, and they're getting the banks to do the connecting the dots. You see Trump, well, in other words, check these boxes. Did you see Trump in a transaction? The word Trump. How about MAGA? Did that person buy a a, a, a box of rounds at Cabela's or Pro Bash? Uh, did that person buy a Bible? Was that person traveling for no apparent reason in or around the environs of Washington, D.C. on January 6th? If you check off those boxes, we want to know about it. That's what they're doing. Everybody knows what they're doing, and it's wholly un-American, but... That's the America we live in these days, I guess, Ash. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, pretty scary. Hey, why not give TNT a follow? We're on all the major social platforms, including, of course, Facebook, Twitter, which, of course, is now X, Instagram, YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT. Russia, gas prices, COVID mandates. It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The creatures of globalism, all those ghouls that fly their private jets and bring their entourages of, you know, black SUVs and prostitutes. Sometimes we hear, uh, yes, yes, this is mainstream news. That's right. Not being salacious here. It is the case over there at the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos. What a strange, strange little swamp that is. And um, this year, uh, they've invited some interesting people and uh, some people that some of our people know. So we had to invite Lynn Shaw from Lynn's Warriors, which can be subscribed to on YouTube, to State of the Nation today. Lynn, 
Tell us what's going on. What are you hearing about the uh, Davos meeting, the Klaus Schwabian crowd this year? Well, thank you, Brian, and thank you, Steve. I'm always thrilled to be with both of you. First of all, we are colleagues with a group called, an organization called Protect Young Eyes. And it came to be about a month ago that we were approached, how would you like to come to Davos? How would you like to explain what you do? Child digital safety, protecting families. And of course, question marks, why would they be inviting us? We decided after a lot of backlash, Protect Young Eyes decided anytime we can go, because we firmly do believe in this and the work we do, if we can share truths and facts, what we do, we don't care who the group is, we are going to go and say our piece and confront these people. The question I ask you, now as we were you know, talking about this and deciding, do we go, do we not go, knowing as you explained, Brian, you know what this swamp is, what we know about it, why would they want us there, right? In the meantime, we found out other groups were invited, such as Heritage Foundation, conservative think tank, for lack of better words. You know what? Why would they want us there? Do they want us there because they came to the realization maybe everything they're doing is not working globally and invite everybody in? So that could that could be maybe, right? Two. Maybe. And maybe. Now, just hear me out here. Are they inviting us in because they want to steal all the information we know and we work on and somehow just take over? Uh, maybe. Or three, do they want to try to pay off, you know, what we believe in, the work we do, and get people like us, you know, I put that in quotations, kind of the us, to to join them, sway us somehow, whether it's through economics, payoffs, I don't know. But we have decided we are going to go and say our piece. Now, I'm curious what both of you think about this. I tend to think they just want to bring people like us into the fold and get us onto their side and kind of brainwash us. But what do you two think? Mm. Ash, well, you want to I mean, you want to take that off the top? I, I'll be short, Steve's, because I want to I want to hear your thoughts. But yes, <laughs> I think yes, <laughs> it's yeah, either two or three, or you know the fourth option, which is you know they they gonna feed you spiked grapefruit juice or something like that, and you know Jim <laughs> Jones, you. But you know, I won't. I guess I already threw that out into the <laughs> zeitgeist. But I mean, that's kind of where a lot of people are with their thoughts about this organization, right? It's like people have read Klaus Schwab's books. They know that this organization ultimately wants to control the, the planet, right? They want to have us have digital IDs. They want to have no borders or, you know, them be in control of borders. And uh, they want us to be on uh, central banking digital currency. That's one of the other things I've seen them talking about recently. Uh, is pushing us into CBDC. They're saying in no uncertain terms that the financial system of the world will be changing and soon, and it will go that direction. So uh, I hope you're taking security. I hope Lionel's able to uh, be there with you, um, strapped and ready to go, just in case Klaus Schwab tries to get you, Lynn. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Steve? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think any of those options are necessarily mutually exclusive, uh, is what I think. I think they're probably trying to soft pedal globalism and make it look a little bit more huggable, a little bit more lovable, a little bit more charitable, uh, than, than, than most of us suspect it actually is because it's not. Um, that said, I, I agree with Lynn that anytime you can talk about 
some of these absolute tragedies and what's going on with, I mean, hell, we, we've talked about it so many times on this show, the, the, this, the sex trade happening across our southern border. Of course, this is happening on a global scale. And I know that Lynn uh, and, and the teams that she's involved with are, are fighting this scourge. So I would speak to anyone, you know. Um, that said, I don't trust Klaus Schwab as far as I can throw him. Uh, he said this week in Davos that he can see a day where the thought of uh, elections uh, was just a quaint reminiscence of the way things used to be. And that with the advent of AI and predictive technology, uh, that we may not ever have to have elections again. And I mean, you, you know where they're going. I mean, there's no doubt. They want open borders, open society, Soros-style stuff. Uh, and, and they want, I mean, God, again, I can't believe I'm saying it, one world order. That's what they want. And but if if it's going to help, you know, I, I don't know, man, I, I I think it could be them trying to get you to bend the knee, uh, Lynn. But I also think that they could be trying to soften their image a little bit, if that makes sense. Well, I agree with everything both of you said, and I think A.I. is key here because we do a lot of work on A.I. And the bottom line for that is, including all of these great experts, we don't know, Lynn, where this is really all going. We believe it's going to be worse not better the ai in our you know global environments so i think they're trying to bring in all of us you know when the ai kind of in and bring and and bring us into that fold kind of and soft soap as you said i don't think it's anything i think it's kind of maybe a public relations move see we're we're good people we're including everybody around the globe what yeah. I have to say, though, I've even flip-flopped. Now, Brian, don't get angry at me. I keep getting oh. invited to that darn UN across town for me to speak, because I used to, until I gave up and decided they're a criminal organization. That's my opinion. But you know what? I will be going back in a couple of weeks, because I want to follow through. I want to be able to speak truths and facts. And if I get one person to listen to me, then I've done my job. So I'm going to be even be going back to the United Nations to talk in a couple of weeks. Uh, instead of ignoring them, I want a platform. Again, if nobody listens, that's fine. There's going to be at least one. Somebody's going to listen to something. Something good has to come out of it. But what was interesting about this Davos is that groups such as Protect Young Eyes, Heritage Foundation had to defend themselves to their own people, putting out videos, yeah. putting out emails. We're going because we want to try just what I'm saying to spread truths and facts. Even if it doesn't land anywhere, we are getting our name out there into media and things like that. And they had to even be put on that platform of fighting for this. So it's almost like you can't win, but we got to keep going. Lynn, I got to yeah, well, point there, out. There's a lot to be said sorry. for speaking truth to power. Sorry, Ash, go ahead. But no, that's, that's okay. That was a good thing. That's very well said, Steve. And I just have to point out, this is a, a symptom of conservatives and mainstream, you know, right wing people um, falling into the same trap that the left is plagued with. And that is its own cannibalization, you know, and having no, no deference, no forgiveness, no room for nuance. And, you know, that is not a good sign. You know, obviously, we need to pick up some of their uh, dirty and semi-dirty tactics politically, but when we start playing culture war and cancel culture the same way they do in identity politics, we lose a lot of uh, common ground, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I agree, with, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I would also say that, uh, Lynn, uh, you know, I, I don't know about the UN. Hopefully you'll get an ear there. Somebody will be listening in. As far as Davos goes, I would just say that Javier Mille, of course, the recently elected 
President Wildman, Argentina's Trump, they call him. Uh, he he kind of dressed down the Davos crowd yesterday and basically said, look, a lot of these folks are all about globalism and everything I just basically mentioned. Keep your borders, he said, keep your borders and, uh, you know, and, and, and embrace freedom. At, he goes, socialism always leads to poverty. And he really kind of dressed them down in a short speech. And so for that alone, I'm like, well, damn, I'm glad he went because that's exactly what, uh, you know, so the other side of the aisle should be heard from. And I don't necessarily mean the political aisle, uh, but the ideological aisle, the aisle that believes in freedom and individualism and uh, and property rights and all that. We, we need a seat at that table. So um, especially your organizations, Lynn, I mean, you know, you're helping kids out. I, I think that that's I'd speak to anybody and everybody. Well, you think everybody could get on board with protecting children, but we don't even have enough time to go into that. It is a money-making operation. Nobody will really ever shut this down. So what are we going to do? We're going to intervene. We're going to educate. We're going to raise awareness. I just want to finish with, you know, January in the United States is National Human Trafficking Prevention Month. And I take great offense to the current occupant. I call him the squatter of the White House. That would be Joe Biden. Putting out a proclamation on January 1st, this is a terrible crime against humanity. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but uh, the press release was, as you know, we have to stop this. We cannot allow this. Innocent children, innocent people. Well, I look at our borders. This is just being allowed. There's no stopping. There's no ending that. I just got back from a trip. The borders are beyond anything anybody can ever describe, anybody can ever fix, anything. And our governor, Kathy Hochul, just allocated yesterday over $2 billion in her budget for New York City to help with what I call the illegal aliens. I don't call them migrants. They broke into our country illegally, in my opinion. So that $2 billion, over $2 billion, is not going to stop this. It's just going for more services and more housing and more food. So it's really up to us to keep talking about these issues, to just keep trying as hard as we can to educate people. Again, one at a time. we got to look at it that way. That is the best we can do. And just keep educating our young. I'm very much about our young people, our youth, getting them into the fold so our future can change. And I do believe that pendulum is slightly, slightly swinging back. I really believe that with all my heart. Absolutely. Lynn, thank you so much for joining us, for being such a big part of everything here at TNT and State of the Nation. We appreciate you and Lionel very much. Lionel came into the room yesterday with his hair on fire. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, we had a great time with Lionel and we had a great time with you today, Lynn. So Lynn's Warriors out there on YouTube, be sure you're subscribed and Lynn will have you back real soon. Stay safe out there. If anyone can walk into the swamp, it's Lynn Shaw, the warrior, that's for sure, and come out unscathed. She'll be back on State of the Nation real soon. This is today's News Talk. TNT's Kate Shimarani. I'm of the, the belief that your body can totally, 100% heal itself. If you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs. What do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures and they just want to rest. What, do you think you're a special special snowflake? You're any different? No, that's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food, wheat, sugar, dairy, animal protein, tea and coffee, fluoridated, fluoridated, bromine, water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk TNT. 
Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Okay, you are watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT, and we're very happy to welcome our next guest, Jonathan Emor. Jonathan is a candidate for U.S. Senate, and uh, he hadn't been on for a while, but uh, he's uh, running in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and we welcome him back to the program. Jonathan, hello, sir. How are you? How is the campaign going? Great, great, and great. Uh, it's really doing very well, and I'm pleased to see that uh, the support is really quite overwhelming. And we are in good position to take out Tim Kaine, I believe. Well, it needs to be done. I mean, and you seem to be the natural candidate for it. I mean, um, do you, is it too early for me to call you a shoe-in? I mean, I'd really like to get on that train at this point. But, um, you know, I know we got a long ways to go yet. We do. We have to get on the ballot. We're all over the state now with our volunteers and getting petitions signed and the whole thing is really quite extraordinary all the volunteers are coming out and helping it's amazing yeah yeah well that's this is the, this is kind of the run-up this is uh this is where you're really starting to kind of get ready to get into full campaign mode how many signatures jonathan do you actually need uh to get on the uh get on the ballot so 10,000 validated signatures statewide and 400 signatures in each of 11 congressional districts. And it may not sound like a lot, but it actually is. It's an enormous undertaking. And I've had the good fortune of having 150 very active volunteers all over the whole state uh, soliciting those signatures. It's a, it's, it's a very interesting process. Really, I think it's anti-competitive. It's designed to keep... Uh, incumbents from competition but anyhow we'll do it we have to and we will that's yeah. a pretty good sized street team you've got there i mean how how effective is a team that big and how hard is it to to generate a team that big you know i mean I, like fill us oh, in a little yeah. bit on what it is to be behind a the grassroots scenes, candidate yeah. you know in a system like this because i believe you're right it does sound very prohibitive after speaking with enough people that have run over the last couple cycles well we have about seventeen thousand volunteers statewide wow. which is quite extraordinary of that 150 are willing to dedicate that most of their day to uh seeking these signatures all across in each of these 11 congressional districts and uh, that's that's truly remarkable because it really requires 
a super strong commitment uh, from people to be affiliated that strongly with a candidate. Knock on wood, we have that. And uh, I'm so grateful for all of those who come to our standard. It, it, it's interesting. It's sort of an organic growth situation. So every time we speak at any location in Virginia, numerous people come up, depending on the size of the audience, we'll come away with 15, 20 different volunteers uh, right then and there. And we also uh, have ordinarily the overwhelming support of the audiences we speak to. So it's been extremely gratifying to see that Virginians and I think most Americans are fed up and want to see a fundamental change in the direction of the country so that we can get back to a constitutional republic and we can get back to secure borders and uh, an inflation-free environment where we can have upward economic mobility and growth. And uh, they want to see uh, inflation disappear uh, by cuts in government spending, by cuts in regulation, and by uh, growing the pie, the economic pie in America. So all these things are part and parcel of our agenda. And that's, uh, that's resonated very well with Virginians. Well, you know, Jonathan, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, as you were listing off your platform positions, uh, one of them you said is immigration. And I was, I, and I know that's a, that's a big one everywhere now, but did it come as a surprise to you at all that when exit polls were done in Iowa, their number one, and this is Iowa for God's sakes, their number one problem was immigration. I, is this resonate? Is this, is this resonating nationwide? This, it this, sure uh, is. yeah. People are absolutely livid about it and they should be. I came back five weeks ago from the border uh, the San Diego sector. And I have to tell you that it is a shocking, appalling circumstance. They have uh, what they call human processing centers and almost all of the CBP agents that used to be at the border are now in those processing centers. And this is what human processing is. People don't realize this and it needs to be heard. Human processing is this, they don't vet anybody. What they do is they sign them up for welfare, sign them up for food stamps, they give them cash a family of four can get as much as 3,000 some odd dollars in taxpayer money in cash. They sign them up for Medicaid. They ask them where they want to go in the United States. They give them a free phone that apparently we're going to pay for in, in perpetuity. Uh, they don't have to pay a, a cent for the use of the phone. They can call anywhere in the world. They have a tracking device in the phone, but it can be easily removed and the phone still works and they do remove it. In fact, they exchange phones so that they can't be tracked. And then in addition, they give them a card that has a tax ID number. They can get a driver's license and can some places vote directly with that. And other in, in other instances, they are able to, you know, use that to uh, get all sorts of benefits. And the point here is simple. We're pumping into each one of these uh, asylum seekers something like $100,000 of benefits and tax uh, dollars e a year. And uh, when they they break them up in the in human processing centers into what part of the country they want to go geographically, they separate them and then they put them on buses and then they go to the airport, the train station or the bus terminal where non-governmental organizations, 100 percent funded by taxpayers, then buy their tickets and send them wherever they want to go. And this is they talk about eight million illegals. That's not that's not the truth. 
The CBP people are telling me it's got to be somewhere around 20 to 30 million illegals. They form a massive underground economy. They're operating illegally in the United States, and the government is encouraging the illegality, is encouraging the foreign nationals to come here. Never announce their citizenship to a foreign nation. And so this is... This is how you destroy American nationalism. This is how you absolutely destroy the American economy. And this is how you cause rampant crime all over the place. Fentanyl everywhere. This is it. And you see 100,000 deaths. 100,000 deaths a year. You're the open mic from Biden yesterday. Can you hold that? Hold that thought. Hold that thought, sir. Jonathan, I think that you, Steve, and I, we should go across the southern border and come back over it illegally and get three thousand dollars and a new phone that we can all trade we'll take a little vacation to wherever we want to go in the u.s we got a headline inbound but we'll pick up right where you were leaving off about those comments right here on state of the nation after this with tnt what's happening happening? flash. tnt radio news for tnt this is james o'neill the frontex european border and coast guard agency has reported that illegal migration into the european union has reached its highest level since 2016, with a 17% increase compared to last year. The Russian Defense Ministry has reported intercepting a Ukrainian drone near the St. Petersburg area, marking what appears to be the first such incident in the vicinity of this northern Russian city. The Houthi rebels in Yemen have claimed responsibility for an assault on the Jenko Picardi, a cargo ship owned by the United States. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Now, Jonathan, I just want to remind everybody that you hold the record for winning the most federal court cases against the Food and Drug Administration in the history of this country. Um, You are a renowned constitutional law and litigation expert. So if anyone can come in and talk some sense into people on these issues, because I believe a lot of this is about constitutional law and litigation, you seem to be the man for the job. Now, sorry to have to interrupt you there for that headline, but please continue. Well, I just want to tell people that the federal government is financing the flights of these people who are coming across seeking asylum. And you know what's so remarkable? I talked to to a person from Ecuador on the border, and I had a translator there. And it was very apparent that on the other side of the border, there are federally funded NGOs, and they're telling them exactly what's going to happen, that they're going to get all these benefits. They're telling them that they're only going to have to stay in the processing center for 72 hours, that they're going to get on buses and then go wherever they want to the airport, the train station, bus terminal. And the CPV chief showed me at the bus terminal a trash can. And he said, you know, those tracking devices, Jonathan, I told you that you could take the phone apart, pull the tracking device out, and the phone still works. Well, let me show you what they're doing with the tracking devices. He gets me over there. We take off a lid of a trash can, and it's filled from bottom to top with these tracking devices. Now, my opponent, Tim Kaine, is all for this because he said that Alejandro Mayorkas is doing a great job. (laughs) is doing a great job. Well, a great job for illegal entry into the United States, but a horrible job for us. He's allowing all these drugs. You know what else is fascinating? People don't know this either. There, you talk about the the China balloon that went across the United States and how horrified we were that the Biden administration didn't do anything to us all the way over the United States. Well, every single day there are air incursions into the United States across the border 
by a terrorist entity, the cartels, which is like a nation, and they have predator-sized drones, and they have small drones, and they, they make air incursions across the border all the time to drop drugs with these drones and to do surveillance of our, our borders so they know where the weakest points are. And there's no air interdiction of this by our Air Force. In fact, the CBP, they, 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 when they see the, the drones coming over, they don't have any weapons to stop it. What they do is they have to contact the nearest Air Force base, talk to the, the command center, and ask for an officer if they will supply an F-16 to interdict the drones. And this is the answer they get. We're not tasked to do that. So, mm. I mean, we are open. And you know, you know if, the, if the terrorists are sending the drones over, you also know that this is an open invitation to the CCP and anybody else. I mean, this is a disaster and uh, we can't survive this. Jonathan, let me let me ask you this, because what's going around right now, there's talk in the Senate that there's a this is a wonderful bipartisan bill that's being uh, discussed in the Senate. And they say it's not about uh, it's not about amnesty. It's about dignity. And you hear all these flowery words around it. But at the end of the day, what they're saying is anyone that has been in the country for longer than five years, even though they're illegal, we don't necessarily give them amnesty, but we give them dignity, which, of course, means amnesty. Uh, and then they're saying that uh, anyone pre five years back uh, will have to face due process and then go back to their country of origin. Now, you know, as well as I do, that the way this is going to play out is in about five years when a lot of these uh, cases, you know, they give them the card and say, we'll see you in court in 2028. Three years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then when they do come back, they're going to say, well, good God, they've been here for over five years. Now give them amnesty too. So this is all a sham. And it looks like many people in the, in the uh, chamber that you may well represent one day are ready to sign on to this. I know Mitch McConnell is hot and heavy with it. I would bet John Cornyn is on their side. Uh, what do you have to say about this uh, this amnesty plan that's being touted as the new great thing? Look, we have to have a rule of law that means something in this country. We can't arbitrarily segregate people into one category or another. The fact of the matter is illegal entry into this country dilutes the American citizens' rights and votes and also does the same for those who came legally into this country. And so what we have to do is we have to deport people who are here illegally. This must be done. We need to enforce the law. It is the Biden administration's fault, of course. It's their plan to allow illegal entry in mass. Now they just want to turn those who have never been vetted, who have never uh, renounced their citizenship in a foreign country, who are agents of a foreign power, and who have not uh, pledged allegiance to the United States and have not agreed to serve this country or even have an employment, even have employment here, to give them carte blanche, to let them stay here. Look, over 68% of those, and this is a conservative estimate, who come across the border are on welfare, okay? And, and we have invited the dregs of the world to come because the criminal cartels are vetting them and determining who comes in and are making decisions based on such things as, will you be uh, a sex trafficker? Will you be a dr drug trafficker aiding the cartels? People don't realize the money that is being derived from these criminal enterprises is going back to the cartels. So look, we have got to have the rule of law enforced. We need to do it for the protection of Americans. 
of their rights to life and liberty and property, to stop the drug trafficking, stop the sex trafficking. We can't just whitewash this whole thing and have these criminal elements here. Sure, there are some who came here who did not fit that category, who paid fifteen dollars to $30,000 to the cartel and are victimized, yes. And those people, however, were never vetted. We don't know if they have criminal background. So look, we got to get this right for America, for the citizens of this country, both those that were born here and those that were naturalized and became American citizens, they're entitled to that protection. So no, no compromise on this point. We have to get them out of the country. Now we do have to work on the immigration standards because look, we have a weak system of vetting even for those who are coming here illegally, it's long, drawn out, terrible. And it's not its not focusing on the things that we need to focus on. So we need to change that. But before we do anything else, we have to secure our borders because the number one priority has to be American citizens' rights and protection here, here. of their rights. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... They're using our tax dollars for this stuff, Jonathan. I watched a video our producer sent to me the other day, and it was of a citizen journalist. I can't remember his name or outlet, or I'd shout him out otherwise, but he's out there on the social medias, and he took his cell phone up to um, some San Antonio PD guys, and they were manning this uh, migrant processing area, what appeared to be a migrant processing area, and he, and he started asking. He walked up, and he asked him, he said, are you guys on duty right now? And they said, no, this is extra work. And he started asking them all the follow-up questions that that statement begs. And they just went into no comment mode, you know, go across the street mode. We're going to arrest you mode. But I mean, it, it's apparent that NGOs on both sides of the border, probably, probably internationally around the world are involved in the weapons of mass migration effect that we're seeing right now. And and are paying they're using you know ostensibly they're using our tax dollars to give to ngos to then pay police officers to do an anti-american activity off duty and still treat yeah. people as though they're on duty i mean this has to be fixed jonathan jonathan we're just about out of time so your final comments um and your website please in the next 60 seconds all right, so emord4va.com is the website. If you can go there and donate to the campaign, that'd be great. And also volunteer if you're in Virginia, that would be great. Let me just say this in closing. You know, uh, Abraham Lincoln put it this way. Um, he said, if destruction be our lot, we must be its author and finisher. As freemen, we will live for all time or die by suicide. We're at that point where we have people who want to kill us by suicide, people inside this country who want to destroy the United States. We've got to fundamentally change the direction of the nation. And if we don't do it now, if we don't do it in 2024, we are going to pay a very, very bitter price. And so I'm hoping and praying that America it wakes up to the reality of what's going on and helps us fight to save the United States. Thank you, Jonathan Emord. That's emord4va.com. That's the website. Get on over there and help. And remember, we need people like this in every state. So if you're listening in Colorado, if you're watching in California, get in there and support because this these problems are nationwide and we need to strengthen our houses of Senate and Congress for sure. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk. I'm Cal Fire Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez. 
And normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. Are you ready to help your family get prepared for the unexpected? Here we go! Ladybug and Cat Noir know how important it is to be ready. Because you never know when Hawk Moth is going to strike or a disaster will hit. And you don't need miraculous powers. Just put those planning skills you already have to good use. Make a plan that will help you and your family be ready when emergencies happen. Ready Kids can help. Get started at ready.gov kids. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Flyoverconservatives.com and reading from their wonderful website, we survived being shadow banned, made invisible <laughs> to search, incorrectly fact-checked daily, but when the great purge of Twitter users and then entire platforms like Parler began to fall, we knew we needed to take action. The future of tech and communication is questionable indeed. And instead of backing down to the overreach, they decided to double down. David and Stacy from Flyover Conservatives join us now. Welcome back to State of the Nation, you guys. It's great to see you. Thank you. Truly an honor to it's, be back here with you guys. Thanks for inviting us on. It's, it's great to be back. You know, um, it, it was interesting after Trump's win in Iowa, there were entire mainstream you know, media news networks. They were like, we're not even going to play his comments. Now, we've not heard him yet, but we don't want to subject you to lies and untruth. Like, 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 is that sound like state run state Orwellian state run media or what, you know, mainstream yeah. media channel, you know, Rachel Maddow, I'm not going to subject you to the lies that haven't even been said yet. So I'm going to cut off your access to even know what this guy's saying. It's like, that's, that's the kind of world we're in now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty, it's pretty shocking. Uh, guys, it, it is great to see you. I mean, here you have Rachel Maddow getting up there and essentially saying, Look, I, we, we know we BSed you about Russia. Yeah, we got the Hunter <laughs> laptop story wrong. And we kind of we kind of screwed up with COVID, but we're not going to subject you to Trump's lies. Uh, it really was kind of a riot to watch that go down. And and I love the way she she uh kind of uh the way she framed that was we have uh you know we have our reputation at stake. I mean, if we get caught lying. <laughs> You know, that, that, that's, that's that's Willie Nelson sitting down with his grandkids and, and talking to him about the, you know, the hazards of smoking weed. <laughs> you want you to never smoke weed and you need to pay your taxes. You know, it's like, really? You're giving me this speech? You know, that's kind of how that sounds. Oh, it's just amazing. So, you guys, I'm really curious to get your take on this. So, 
after the you know massive trouncing and victory in Iowa, Vivek uh, you know expectedly stepped down and endorsed Donald Trump. And when he went to New Hampshire with Trump, almost immediately, like the speed at which that happened was pretty staggering. First off, uh, but he stood up there and he gave his endorsement, and he used sort of terminology that was the same terminology that got people like us shadow banned purged and stuff i mean what do you think of like donald trump standing there right behind vivek while he's talking about a deep state you know using terminology that five years ago you would have never seen a presidential candidate, you know standing behind and and backing you know those terms are deep in the the the, the consciousness of of the public now they're used to hearing those phrases so like maybe they're less shocking what, what for me the interesting part is he took immediate shots at at Haley that were so well well written and scripted of um I forget the exact phrase he used but basically if if you want this and this you know you vote for somebody else that's not mm -hmm. you know like if, if you want to have to register your identity with the government agency in order to be on social media then go vote for Nikki Haley but don't vote you know for that like like his his surrogate role was so on point, but that's kind of how he campaigned, you know, as well as to position himself for that. There was never a big mystique over, you know, his alignment with, with Trump's message. Um, you know, I mean, there's obviously conversations we can have over why he's had the ability to be able to say things that we would all get banned for. But some of that's just the size, you know, um, we're kind of mosquitoes and maybe he's harder to swat off you know, Elon Musk can kind of say what he wants, regardless of platform, because he's just too big to hit with the fly swatter. So he's had that ability all along, but he's really positioned himself to be a, a Trump surrogate uh, from the jump. And man, his his talking points were really, you felt like it was already June or July because they were so well rehearsed and, and refined. Yeah. yeah. And what, what I took away from the New Hampshire I mean, the, the New Hampshire, I'm getting ahead of myself here. The Iowa caucuses was that I don't think Vivek was ever really running to be president. I mean, it's hard to run when you say, by the way, the guy that I'm running against is the best president in my lifetime. I mean, it, it's, yeah. okay, well, then why are you running? So, I mean, I suspect that Vivek probably had other uh, ideas in mind, perhaps a cabinet position. Who knows? But here we go. Uh, we're about six days away from New Hampshire. Um, and by all indications, it looks like it looks like Trump's going to run the board on New Hampshire. He's going to take Nevada. He's going to crush Haley in her own uh, home state of South Carolina. Mm. Uh, how long do you think it's going to be, uh, both of you? Give me your opinion on this before both DeSantis and Haley say, OK, that's it. I'm pushing my chips to the center of the table. And if I crap out, I'm done. At what point do they both do that? It's a great question. We've been looking a lot into Haley like. Where's her money coming from? I don't know if you guys have researched that at all, but she's been getting, what is it, like $3 million a week right now? That's what she's spending. Yeah, uh, in, from in New Hampshire. Hoffman, which is with LinkedIn. And I don't know if you've studied him much, but uh, he definitely is not a conservative. So it's like, <laughs> no. what? why is he putting all of this money behind her and why is she taking this money? Uh, what's her thought on all of that? And then also in Nevada, I don't know if you know, like you got the primary and you have the caucus. And she's not even going for the caucus. She's only going for the primary, which is a more of a Democratic move there. So I, I don't know what she's doing in the game, because if she wins a primary but isn't in the caucus, it's not going to help her. 
So I don't I don't know uh, what her plan is and why she's doing this, but and why she's taking all this money from Reed. It's an interesting thing. The the DeSantis, you know, money trains dried up and it well already had been, you know, for a period of time. Because if you're a if you're a legitimate conservative donor, you you're gonna bet on a horse that has a chance and he you know, for some time now that's been only Trump. But Haley continues to have an influx of funding, which for me is like, why why would somebody be be bolstering her war chest? It's only to be a disruptive force to be an additional distraction, I think, because, you know, Reed Hoffman, he funded the E. Jean Carroll uh, court case, all the money that went towards her to be able to sue Trump. That all came from the mm-hmm. same guy that Haley's being funded by, you know, the same guy wow. that, that's funding Media Matters, yep. uh, you know, massive funding went to Media Matters, massive funding to prop up uh, Gavin Newsom. Uh, so maybe if you, once you're, once you have billions and billions, it's like going to the casino, it's just fun. Hey, baby, let's, let's roll, let's roll, you know, let's just have a fun night out, it's discretionary income. But obviously the money that's coming to her is to create a candidate that's simply going to just be a distraction and disrupt Trump. I think it's interesting when you look at Iowa as well, where she did well, she had great numbers in specific counties. And and those counties also had another thing in common with them, a university. And so where where the constituents, even if they're voting Republican, where they've got a nice steady diet of Marxist propaganda and an anybody but Trump mentality, she was a good choice. Uh, for somebody, DeSantis isn't uh, anybody but Trump candidate. He's kind of like they're going to vote if you if you had them both in a in a secret room and asked them to look at twenty different policies. Trump and DeSantis are going to align pretty pretty regularly. Nikki Haley is not going to fall on the mm-hmm. same thing on the border, on the World Economic Forum, on on uh, First Amendment, on privacies. And so that there's dark money coming into her, and that's kind of keeping her in the race. But I think that will dry up at some point. But those guys are willing to lose it. They're not doing it for her to win. They're doing it just to just to, uh, take, you know, just to, just to be leeches to bleed mm-hmm. Trump a little bit if they can along the way. Mm, yeah, I take your point there. You know, um, and with especially with the, you know, gambling, you know, you know, I got all the money in the world. I'm going to throw this there, throw that there. But when you look at Reed Hoffman's track record, it's like you said, a Newsonite, a Covidian, you know, just a, <laughs> ghoulish across the board where all the money goes. And and this guy, you know, he's he doesn't get called out as much in the media as, say, like an Elon Musk. But I mean, this is one of those Silicon Valley guys that has more money than he could possibly know what to do with how I don't even understand LinkedIn is such a garbage. Nobody likes LinkedIn. Site. No. And he was also connected to Epstein too. Possibly yes. went oh, right. to the Island. I don't know. Oh my God. Yeah. More friends of Jeffrey. Also, let's not forget that. Thanks for bringing that up, Stacy, because that's always important too, because that <laughs> indicates that there is a potential vulnerability in this person to be a tool by the intelligence services in this country. And, you know, when exactly. you're throwing that much money around at these kind of initiatives, it looks to me, and and look who it's going to. I mean, Nikki Haley is just like, it's a Davos creature. It's it's a wef ghoul, you know, uh, a warmonger, <laughs> you know, someone who's going to vote for more war, more printing money, more stupid policies, more open board. Wouldn't that be amazing if she became the president and as a Republican, and the borders remained open for another four years. Holy Could you imagine cow. that, Stacey? No, no, that would be a very scary position. And like you, like you said earlier, I don't know why they keep, you know, in the game 
with Trump, 51%. That's unprecedented what happened in Iowa and not even recognized. Did you guys hear uh, Joy Reid, what her response was to all that on MSNBC, where she turned it around on, you know, white Christians that I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, just evil. What was being skewed? Because when when people go to vote, they're sitting there thinking like, well, is I'm only I'm a white Christian. I'm going to vote this certain certain way. It's because they can't run on the economy. Joe Biden dropped Bidenomics like in, I think, November, December. When he went to Nevada, I remember he spoke and they had the banners up and he actually took those down because Bidenomics is such a dead term. He can't run on the border. The, basically, the, the population, the city of Cincinnati crossed the southern border just in December alone. And so that's not a, a winner. Everybody's concerned with that across across the board. And then he's so integrated with, like with the Afghan withdrawal. We're, we have seven wars going on in the world right now that we're involved in at one level or another. So foreign policy is not a big win. And, you know, I, I printed off here. I hope everybody saw Joe Biden's tweet uh, on, on Thursday night. I printed it because, man, it's, you, just, you don't have to make up propaganda on these guys. You just read their own words. His tweet after the Iowa caucus, uh, the, Trump, and Trump gave a great speech. He's about like unifying, unifying the like DeSantis and Nikki. We're all having fun. You know, it's like, it was, a, it was the best version of Trump ever. It was like, it's like Trump at your nephew's wedding kind of Trump. You know, it was like <laughs> just a fun bar mitzvah Trump or something. Uh, but, but, but so Biden comes out in contrast to that says, says, looks like Donald Trump just won Iowa. Uh, I, I'm going to read this as a cognitive intelligent person. I'm not going to do a Joe impersonation. So it's going to sound better than it reads, but, but looks like Donald Trump just won Iowa. Uh, he's the clear front runner on the other side at this point. But here's the thing. This election was always going to be you and me versus extreme MAGA Republicans. It was true yesterday and it'll be true tomorrow. Uh, you can donate below. Apparently, I don't have a president. Stacey doesn't have a president. You guys don't have a president. He's aligned with this, whoever the 33% approval rate is. I think even among Democrats, only 22% now poll that they don't believe he had any connection uh, financially with, with Hunter's businesses and that he's scandal-free. So so I don't know who he says the you and me part. But for, for Hillary did the same thing. This is the, the vice of deplorable. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's this like talking at the people they're supposed to be leading in this manner, yeah. but, but, but the election was always going to be you and me versus extreme MAGA Republicans. Uh, that is about as divisive as you'll ever hear a press. Donald Trump would take shots at Joe, but not at Americans. Mm-hmm. And when you got a president consistently taking jabs and they don't make money, all the money he's sending all over the world, that's my money. That's your money. That's our government. Other than printing it, they don't, they don't, it's like they make widgets in the back room and have a side hustle, you know, do an Uber or something to make money. That's all our money. And so he's the good guy with our funds and uh, hating over half of us. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a bad look. It's a bad look that doesn't look like it's going to be getting any better anytime soon, because as you mentioned earlier, they can't go to foreign policy. They can't go to the border. They can't go to the economy. They can't go yep. to jobs. They they can't go to crime. They can't go to anything. All they can do is is is, is tilt at windmills, or in this case, tilt at Donald Trump. David and Stacy Whitehead, I want to thank you. We I, I speak for Hesh, I'm sure. We thank you both for coming on. It's always wonderful to hear some pearls of wisdom from you guys. Flyoverconservatives.com. That's flyoverconservatives.com. Dot com. David and Stacy Whited, again, thank you. God bless. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us on State thank of the Nation. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. There they go. You're listening to State of the Nation and watching it on today's News Talk TNT.